The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 101. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week. On Insight Sunday, We dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. On Story Tuesday, Richard shares lessons he learned the hard way from pivoting in marketing and branding without getting the right data in advance that cost him and the bottom line of his business tremendously. Richard also talks about engagement, communication, and how, as part of an incubator, he helped pivot and adapt when the pandemic hit and so much communication and engagement that are essential to business disappeared overnight. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching and Consulting. If you lead a seven-plus-figure business and want to reach the next level for yourself and your business, if you have passions, goals, and dreams and want to continue to strive as a team, a leader, and a visionary without risking burnout, if you have overcome challenges, developed wisdom, and know that adapting is not just for surviving, but a core part of thriving, then Adaptability Coaching is for you. With psychology and neuroscience-backed tools, the 3D adaptation framework can show you how to tap into and harness the way our brains are uniquely designed for adaptation. You can learn to harness and leverage adaptability tools and frameworks to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to hone yourself further, to proactively adapt, to thrive, instead of reactively adapting, just to survive. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. Join me in welcoming Richard Walsh, 30-year veteran business owner, best-selling author of Escape the Owner Prison, The Contractor's New Way to Scale, Regain Control, and Fast Track Growth While Loving Life, and of course, the creator of the ETOP Academy Business Coaching Program and the ETOP Podcast. Welcome back, Richard. Thank you, Yishai. Great to be here. I love it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you 
so much for joining me again on the business couch on Insight Sunday. You shared so many lessons from the experiences you had as an owner in business from getting trapped in your business, working 14 to 16 hour days, which for you was more than okay. You enjoyed the work, but then found that because you weren't figuring out how to bulletproof your business and make it sustainable and replicable and to be able to weather anything that comes at it, it really ended up falling apart well, falling apart is probably not the right language, but it ended up really struggling when the 08, 09 recession hit and your income sources dried up in that time. And thank you so much for sharing that on Insight Sunday. We dove into so many different parts of that from hiring talent to being a better leader to listening. So if you haven't yet, go back and listen to Insight Sunday's episode. And to come back for today on Story Tuesday, we dive deeper into your hard-earned lessons, though... I know that you shared so many of them already on Insight Sunday. I'm really excited to continue learning and hearing more of those lessons here on Story Tuesday. So I'd love to hear about some of your big learning experiences. I know, again, you shared some on Insight Sunday. So do you have any other ones that really stand out, moments that really kind of shaped for you, moments of recognition that you really need to make shifts or changes? Can you bring us into that moment? What happened before and after and your takeaway? Yeah, I think one that I remember, you know, that was one of my bigger blunders. Okay. <laughs> Again, not paying attention, not listening to others. So I had a brand I had built, right? I had a cool logo. My company name was Rick Rock. It was architectural water environments. And this woman is beautiful, right? Just everything was, and I had that for 16, 17 years. And then somehow, Again, I started making custom water features, uh, pools, swimming pools. So they're boulder lined and brick paper bottoms and salt water. It's like swimming in a quarry. It was unbelievable. Mm. Waterfalls. And I'm like, this is the way to go. And I'm making, you know, it's huge money, right? So I'm making these things. I'm like, this is where I want to go. This is going to be great. Mm. I had done ponds, waterfall streams before that. So somehow a woman, she wasn't even a marketer. She was like a, I don't know, she made t-shirts and, you know, branding and print and stuff. Friend of my wife's got talking and she convinced me to switch the name of my company to Extreme Pools by Rick Rock because Extreme was like the cool word back then and stuff. And Mm. I'm like, well, that's cool. Yeah, because it's, you know, pools. That's what I want to get into. So I did that. We changed the logo and all this stuff. I'm going to tell you, you don't want to do that. Okay. Or Mm. to change your brand you need serious consultation. You need to look, you need to ask. You do not just do that on a whim. Because Mm. here's what I found out, Ishai, is people read very little. They read the first word or two in something. Okay, they don't continue the full sentence even. Mm. So advertise on the truck. So it's extreme pools, which means swimming pools. But also then I would have ponds, waterfalls, and streams. I was literally at a trade show. People walking by and they saw my band. They go, oh, no, that's pools. I need a pond. And they kept walking. I'm like, I build ponds. I built over a thousand of them. Okay. So I heard this multiple times and Mm. I realized, oh, man, like that was my bread and butter. The pools is just going. It was great, but you weren't getting, it wasn't like you're getting three a week or something, you Mm -hmm. you know, for a season or something like that. And I realized, you know, too late. Oh, what a disaster. I spent all that time building that and erased it overnight almost. It was stupid. So I'm hearing that what ended up happening is your market testing happened after you already made all the changes. The market basically said, what we're hearing is that you don't do this core of your business. So we're all going to pass you up now. And that's a really painful lesson to learn. That's a really hard way to learn a lesson. Oh, it was. Believe me, it's in my academy when I teach others. Uh It's a big part (laughs) 
you know, when we get to the marketing section, we talk a lot about this stuff because that is, you do not want to make that mistake. That is, yeah. oof, be careful. Yeah. One of the things I love to talk about in order to adapt and adaptability, I think as a skill, something that we can do, there's so many different ways to adapt. One of them really, I mean, I think there are actually two primary ways that we as humans adapt. One of them, and as organisms adapt, one of them is genetic. So we can kind of change our DNA over time. And that usually happens very slowly, usually kind of natural selection, evolution, that kind of thing. And nowadays there's kind of CRISPR and there are people who are moving into thinking about and trying to get that shifting over. And even if we can get that faster, it's certainly not fast enough now. The other way of adapting is actually behavioral. We can change what we do. How we think is part of it, but certainly it's what we do that really makes a huge difference. If I want to walk outside and it's minus 30 degrees and I don't change the clothing I'm wearing, I'm in for a lot of trouble. But if I make the decision to put on different clothing, And if you're going to go back earlier before we had all of that, if I don't get intentional and create clothing that can help me for the weather that I'm about to face, then I'm really going to be stuck, right? Humans are really great terraformers. That's how we live on so many different corners of the planet. It's because through our behavior, we can adapt ourselves, the environment around us, the clothes on our back. There's so many things that we can do. When it comes to adapting, one of the first things that we need is data. If we don't have data, then it's really hard to adapt. If we don't know what the temperature is outside, I don't know if you ever had this experience, but I'm originally from California. And when I moved to New York, so in California, when the sun comes out, it gets warm. doesn't matter what time of year it is. In the morning, it might be cold. It could be in the 40s or something. But by midday, it's already back. It's the 60s, 70s. Mm-hmm. So the first time I was in New York and there was a winter and the clouds parted, I put on a t-shirt in the middle of February, I put on a t-shirt, I walk outside, it's minus 10 degrees. And here I am wearing a t-shirt, this kid from California in college, right? So without that data, because you know, at the time, I didn't open up my phone, I didn't open up the computer, I just looked outside and I made the assumption because the sun is out that it's warm. And because of that, I didn't behaviorally adapt, I didn't make a different set of choices to be prepared for what was coming. So what I'm really hearing as you're talking about the story with marketing and with shifting your name and then seeing what happens is that the importance of, you mentioned this in your academy, the ETOP Academy, that we really need to get that data. If we don't have data, then we can make decisions that are so far off the mark that we end up unintentionally shooting ourselves in the foot. Yeah, it's important. I can't emphasize it enough. Like you said, it's got to be trackable. It's got to be measurable. You have to have things, even as you're producing your business, right? That data is always coming in, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's close rates from a salesman or a sales team, you know, how are they closing? What are they missing? You got to press a sales presentation you use and they're leaving parts out. Okay, we got to correct that. So you're always getting data. Why do we have a dip in income? Why are sales down? Mm-hmm. You know, there's data for that. You can figure that stuff out. You're exactly right. Ishai, when you look at data, again, this is part of being a business owner too. Because no one's going to care about that except you. You Mm. you might get the great team member who helps you with that too, but this is your lifeblood, Mm -hmm. right? And the sooner you can see that data altering, the sooner you can make changes and adjustments. That's the key. Yeah, so the importance of making sure you're getting that data sooner rather than later. And I also really appreciate you're talking about so many different sources of data. Some of them are really human. It's the people who are the front lines. Some of them are really trackable, like closing rates. You know, And that will entail making sure that you have systems or processes in place that people are inputting that information so you can access that data. But without that data, you're really going to end up kind of floating in the high seas without a 
sail or without any oars. I mean, you got, and without a compass, I mean, you got nothing. Yeah, it's important to understand because I create done few sales systems, right? So it's all on the iPad and everything else. But I know when people, have, when they get a dip in their close rates, I'm like, well, let's role play here. And I find out they're leaving a section out because they don't think it's relevant. Hmm. It's relevant. That's why I built it. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, these guys closing at 47% and you're at, you know, 33%. That's because you leave out this section. Mm. So I prefer that you get up to 48%, not only for your income, but for my business income. So if you could follow the process, that'd be really good. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Do you mind sharing another experience that you had, another time that you really needed to pivot and adapt in terms of having a big change? Yeah, I think when you see, as I created my coaching business, you know, we're reaching out, we're doing things. I get invited to be in another kind of big high-end new consulting business as the incubator, head of the incubator division, right? Because I love to start business and things like that. And I'll tell you, COVID hit like the day they launched almost, Mm. okay? And it changed everything. I mean, so that didn't happen. It's going, but now there's a whole different pivot we had to do to reach the audiences, how you doing this stuff, how we create. And even though, to me, there's nothing better than in-person training, Mm-hmm. Like, I love the mastermind to get together, get in a room with people because you can't match the energy. You can do all the Zoom calls you want. Okay. I mean, people are doing this, they're eating, they're going, they're looking at their kid play, and they're not engaged. Okay. They're just not engaged. The energy isn't there. So we had to figure out how do we do this? How do we still reach people? How do we bring that level of engagement and excitement to this and still get great results? Mm. You know, so that was, it was a challenge. Do we have to minimize the group size? So now we can't have 30 people. We need to have six Hmm. or eight. I need to be saying names. I need to be calling on people. I need to be engaging in a much different way than standing in front of them, walking in the room, going up, banging on their desk, you know, getting their attention, waking them up, whatever Hmm. it took. But I don't have that ability now. So you really had to, how do we do this? So we had to figure out those ways. And those are helpful whether it was more calls or more of a live discussion via email or in my training platform, we created that so that we had to up the engagement ability, the in-person time that we normally would. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. That's such a big moment. That's such a challenge to shift that kind of engagement. And there's so much that changes when you're not in person because when you're in person, you get that physical proximity, you get to see and experience people's entire body posture. And when you're having a conversation, you're engaged with each other, your whole body is attuned towards each other. And in any virtual environment, it's tuned towards the camera at best. And that's if everything is kind of aligned up and you might experience it on the other end, if the other person is turned towards the camera, that they're turned towards you. But there's so many other additional pieces and it's also separated. Just here, as we're kind of having this conversation and we're having a video conversation, right? I'm only visible basically from the chest up and basically you're very similar. And so there's a lot that's left out and that makes a very big difference when we're talking about engagement and being present with each other. There's a way that I like to think about it is that for every level that we are removed from in-person, we lose more and more information. So in-person, you get the whole body, you get our facial expressions and our tones. And on video, you still get the facial expression, you still get the tone, but you're missing the whole body, seeing each other's body, being in physical proximity, that really makes a difference. And if you go from there, from video to a phone call, now you're not seeing any part of their body. All you're getting is the tone and the words that they're using, right? And how quickly they're talking and other parts of 
the auditory piece of it, but you're not getting any visual piece or physical proximity piece. And then if you go from phone call to text, email or otherwise, right now you're abstracting even further and you're losing even more information. Now you miss out on the tone. And how many times do we miss out or miss or dismiss pieces of information or we fill them in incorrectly because we've actually lost increasing amounts of information along the way? Yeah, it's so important. The whole text thing, it's hard. I'm very brief in my text because there's so much misinterpretation. You know, Mm -hmm. you don't have voice inflection. Like you said, all this, all those points are like, like I said, I I don't care what people want to do going for. I'm telling you in person, when you want to make the most impact, when you want to influence the most is being with that person. Mm. You know, that we do, we do presentations via computer and stuff like that for the roofing industry and it's all good. But the more you pull away from people, like you're saying, the more you pull away, the more you change how you communicate, it makes an effect. There's only a certain mm. percentage of each level of communication. And if you can't put all the pieces together, what do you have? 7%, 13%, 27%. Mm. You don't have 100%. Yeah, for sure. I wish we had more time. We're going to have to jump into another couch round and then wrap it up for today. And I'm going to kick us off with what's one thing you know now that you wish you knew when you were getting started? I'll go back to what we said in the previous episode, and that's exit strategy. Yeah. That's my number one thing. I preach it. I stand on the soapbox. I talk about Mm -hmm. it. It's the most important thing. It's one of the most important things you need. Beginning your business, whether you've you've been in a few years, if you don't have one, if you don't have one, you need one, period. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. And as you were saying that on Insight Sunday, in my head, I was like, oh, you already answered this couch question that I'm going to ask you on Tuesday. So thank you. And thank you for bringing us back to it, how important it is and how it sets your compass. It sets your goal. It really helps you make all of those decisions. Anytime you're having a decision or thinking about what am I going to put my resources, my time, my energy, my efforts, and maybe even move or pivot my company into, being very aware of that. Thank you so much for that again. Jumping into our next question, what's the difference between a mistake and failure? Okay, a mistake, you screw something up, you make a quick adjustment, you overcome the mistake. A failure, Mm -hmm. to me, is the end of the business, right? Mm -hmm. Now, it's not the end of the world, okay? You can start again. A failure is when you reach a point where you no longer can recover. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's failure. Okay, that's when start over. A mistake, if you're not making them every couple days, you're not trying hard enough. Okay, because you're going to make mistakes because we're just human. That's what we do. So Mm -hmm. understand the difference, but also understand that failure is not defeat. Mm -hmm. Okay, too many people attach that failure, all the greats in business. Mm -hmm. They've they've been bankrupt once or twice, three times. They've taken 50 years to actually get traction. You know, they've had, everyone's got their stories of failure. As I always tell people, either you just started in business or you're a liar. Okay, mm. because we've all got them, right? <laughs> we, we all make mistakes, we all make failures and understand that's part of the journey and it, it makes you stronger and makes you a better person. Yeah, for sure. I really appreciate that. So I know that I, the question was mistake versus failure. And I love mm-hmm. that you added to that defeat because a mistake is when something doesn't go as you expected or wanted and you can still make an adjustment. Failure is the point at which you're not really able to, at that point, fix it. But that does not mean that there's defeat, even if a business is no longer viable. Defeat is only when you have chosen to give up. And that's separate from a failure when something is no longer recoverable. So I really appreciate you kind of adding that that third piece to it. I'm going to jump right into our next question. Can you name someone who you can go to when you make a mistake and they'll respond by saying, okay, let's deal with this now and learn from it for later? 
I do. I've got a couple of people that I create on my what I call my board of advisors. It's my unofficial board of advisors. Uh-huh. I've learned, like I said, I used to not take help, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Now I have a number of people I can go to depending mm-hmm. on the issue who are experts in their field and I take it to them. I want for fitness, right? Because that's important. Mm-hmm. That's a very important part. So I go to my, my buddy Lance. He's a coach and everything else. And he does a lot of business as well. So we really connect on those levels. So mm-hmm. it's important to have those people around you in your circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate you talking about having this kind of, I would call them a virtual board of advisors, but I think in these pandemic times, almost all of our board of advisors are virtual. So in this case, it's not as structured or not as systematized as a board of advisors, but they're your kind of personal advisors. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to jump into our next question. Can you name someone who you've learned from their mistakes instead of having to make your own? Well, you know, that could be any number of books, okay? Mm-hmm. That's why reading is so important because mm-hmm. you can go back 100 years, 500 years. I look at a lot of military stuff. I was a Marine and everything else. So as I study military conflicts and things like that, you learn a lot of poor decision-making. You learn mistakes, things like that too. And they, they aren't just a battle. They cross over into the business world. Mm-hmm. So I'll look at those things and I'll understand that, you know, but again, from a lot of books that are written and people are willing to share those failures and how they overcame them. They're really important to know that because it lets you know you're not alone out there, mm-hmm. you know, and that you're able to learn. And I look for those things in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some good friends who are, you know, they've had multiple books they put out. My friends, uh, I'll give you their names. Jason Benham is a good friend of mine and they've written about five books now. And a lot of their stuff is a very good guide for me. They've made their mistakes. Mm. They've had tremendous success. And I lean on them when I have some big questions. Yeah, thank you. Next question. What's more important, working in your business or on your business? It's definitely on your business. I mean, most people know the difference now, I think. Some people don't, but that in it is your day-to-day. In it is day-to-day tasks. Everything from doing the books, making a sales call, and scrubbing the toilet. Okay, you don't Mm -hmm. want to do those. Okay, you want to be on it. You want to be taking time to take the 10,000 foot view, right? Looking at the overall picture, look at the growth, where we're going. Again, going back to the exit strategy. Where's my business going to go? How am I going to get there? That's working on your business. You need to take some time to reflect on that. It's not an obsession. I call it working on your 5%. The 5% of things in your business only you can do. That's what working on your businesses, right? You're the visionary. You're the driver, that kind of thing. So you want to spend time on that. So that working on the business is really, really important to understand the whole concept and to implement that in your growth strategy. Yeah, thank you. Last question for today. What's one thing that's coming up for you or your business that you're working on or really excited about? I am teaming up with my ETOP Academy with some incredible experts who are bringing training into my academy. We're partnering, doing different things to elevate. We're going so far beyond the basics of business building and scaling. We're completing kind of the whole individual, you know, Mm. so we're putting all the aspects together to really be successful because there's way more than just making money or scaling a business. So I'm bringing Mm -hmm. in some incredible people that are just going to take us to a whole new level to scale and grow our academy. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. And thanks again for giving us a peek into and behind the curtain of success and really diving into your hard-learned wisdom. I know that it's really something that we all experience in business as entrepreneurs, as owners of businesses. And at the same time, it's not something that we necessarily often choose to share and not everybody feels comfortable sharing it. I really appreciate what you said earlier, where you were saying that anybody who's been in a business, if they say that they've never made a mistake, either they're at the very beginning or they're a liar. And I really appreciate that in the sense that 
it's so important to acknowledge that it's something we all experience. And I really, really appreciate you sharing your own experiences and the lessons you've learned along the way in so many areas from what you shared on Insight Sunday about what kind of led your business to really struggle and ultimately how you've learned from those experiences to make them mistakes rather than failures and certainly not defeat. And even when the business may have failed, it certainly wasn't defeat for you. And look at what you've really been building. And to bring that back for today to Insight to Story Tuesday, today you talked about marketing and how a mistake that you made in shifting your marketing, shifting your branding without getting the data in advance really ended up costing you business and potentially could have cost the whole business. And so that's a really hard lesson you learned and you shared with us today, the importance of making sure you're getting that data and how many different sources you can get that data from and the importance of listening to that data and making adjustments based on really digging into that data and what it's telling you. You also shared today how important it is to have engagement and how really important it is and how much has been lost when we haven't been able to engage in person as much when you experienced that in the incubator that you were working with that got launched basically right when COVID was happening, that there was so much pivoting that needed to happen to ensure and increase and make sure engagement was still happening, even when so much in-person stuff has changed and shifted and we've had to move away from it, unfortunately, in these times. And thank you so much again for coming back to and talking about exit strategy and goals and really being intentional about the direction of your business, what you're doing and how you're getting there. Thank you so, so much again, Richard, for really sharing so much of your wisdom, your experience and how you help entrepreneurs, business owners and how you've developed your own leadership and what we can all learn as leaders as well. You're welcome, Yishai. And thank you for doing what you're doing because bringing experts and bringing knowledge to people to help them with their businesses, really, it's an important role. So I appreciate what you do very much. I really appreciate that, Richard. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 